why don't we uh, why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dearly Father, O oh Lord, we thank you for this day, uh, for your word, uh, for the righteousness that you give. Uh, bless us, O oh Lord, knowing that through your grace we are saved, and there is no need of rebuild. But you, by the cornerstone, has given us salvation, life, and forgiveness. Bless us, O Lord, in your holy name, and let us rejoice in your word this evening in the book of Galatians. Lord, for all these things we are thankful, we pray this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 A quick little scheduling note. Um, I won't be here next week. I'll be what? in, uh, in uh, O'Carry with the double header here. I know in the morning, and you're here again. Very good. But I'll, I'll be at a conference, uh, continuing ed conference in Anaheim uh, at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church. So one of our the professors always come out and uh, they teach. So I'll be there. So we're skipping Bible study and Vespers? Sadly, yes. I'm gone Tuesday to Thursday. So I'll be at my mom's house for a couple of days and I can take care of my dad a little when I'm there too. So that's nice. But uh my dad needs taken care of all the time, so it's good to be down to help out my mom. So it's yeah. good. But uh, yeah, so next week we're we're just uh, we're taking a break, and uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of interesting, why don't we go to the Bible here and uh, uh, continue on with Genesis Galatians? Sorry, Galatians two, uh, verse fifteen. Now again. Um, Good, good stuff in the morning, uh, but continuing on. Um, Sheldon, by the way, I got that used car, and I asked about the filter box and everything. Filter box? I don't know. Used cabin yeah, filter? Cabin filter, yeah. He kind of poo-pooed the whole thing and said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of mumbled. <laughs> like, he didn't know if I, he, it was done or not. <laughs> so, right. I was so flustered by the experience that I didn't really check too many things. I just looked at it and said, Oh, all right. That's I can good. look at it. I can look at it on Sunday, Pastor. Congratulations. You got, you got a good buy, I believe. So. Uh, he, he, he went to a Lutheran school when he was little. Or so he said. I trust him. He seems like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, always, I always go with the positive with people. You know, benefit of the doubt. Verse 15. Verse 15. If someone could read that. Certainly. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, Verse 16. Be 16. Yes. know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus in Christ Jesus, that we, we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one is, will be justified. All right. So what is... We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Um, what what is uh, what is implied? What is he saying right here? You think anyone? Anyone? This one's a little. Uh, this one's. Uh, well, he's talking. He's talking about those who were Jews before they uh, started following Christ and were followers of the law, who probably thought themselves well above the uh, the Gentiles who were not obviously following the law. Okay, good, good. So, uh, yeah, Gentile sinners, they were without, I mean, they didn't have that luxury, right? They were apart. They were, they were separated, and they didn't have the advantage of the law of Moses and, and, and that guide. So they definitely were considered sinners, right? Uh, Gentile sinners. Now, Gentile... Uh, uh, Greek uh, uh, ethnos also can be translated as people or nations and Gentile is also one of those translations so it's interesting to see that we are those Gentiles as well uh, and I think what he is saying here in, in uh, verse 15 I know I, I, Luther writes this as I'm reading his lectures he says pertaining to the verse 15 uh, Paul compares the Jews and the Gentiles. It is true, he says, that we, who are Jews by nature, excel the Gentiles, who are sinners if they are compared with us in the righteousness of the law. 
since they have neither the law nor the works of the law. But this does not make us righteous before God. This righteousness of ours is external. So though they had followed the law, verse 16 clearly shows us that being justified by these works of the law is actually no use, right? They, they can't. So in, in a sense, they are, God shows no partiality. And here we see in verse 15 that, um, as Luther would say, the righteousness of ours is external, right? It's outside of ourselves. We cannot obtain that. Um, as, um, as Don read verse 16, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. What does that mean clearly, simply? Anyone, quickly, just to make sure we know what that is? Justified, we are not justified by the works of the law. What does that there mean? There is no works righteousness. You're not justified by works. Yeah, so, so when we talk about justification, what is justification just in general? What is that justification? That which, which makes you uh, righteous in the sight of God. Through Christ. Only. Yes. Uh, declared righteous, right, in front of God. So, again, uh, the word for justification is, um, I think it's uh, dekayo. And uh, even righteous is from that same word, dekayo, or what is it? Dekai. Oh, man. I, it, but they are of the same origin in the sense of what they're about. And I think it's important that when we talk about justification, it is, oh, welcome, Elliot and family. I see the ceiling. Anyways, um, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, our, our microwave. You're like, oh, oh the acorn cut. I love it. All right. Out of the room. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Very good. All right. So um, I know my wife just listens in. From, yes, yeah, so dekayo is justify. Dekaios is righteous, right? So dekayo in Greek is justify. Dekaios is righteousness. So when we speak of justification... Another another term would be how are we made righteous or we're declared righteous. We are justified. We are declared righteous by our faith in Jesus Christ. So when it comes to the works of the law, um, Don says we can't, works righteous does not save us. But through faith in Jesus Christ, what does that mean? Simply, I know this isn't obvious, but... Through faith in Jesus Christ. What does that mean that we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ? It's not just, I mean, that we're justified by, uh, uh, by the faith in Jesus Christ. What does that mean right there? Well, I think God the Father knows our hearts and our minds. And if he knows that we, we love Jesus and, and believe in him, that, that you know, he can read us. He knows it when we get when we get up there whether or not we love his son or not, right? Okay, all right. Anyone? Okay, we're swirling around or we're hovering around the um, the platform where we're gonna land. But <laughs> but anyone else? Anyone else on that? Are through faith in Jesus Christ? I don't think too deeply, but simply think: What does that mean to have faith in Jesus Christ? In knowing that. Jesus is God, and that Jesus took our sins upon himself and died for our sins so that we might live. So having faith in that, in Jesus, not in what we do. Because of the works of the law, do nothing, right? We are not justified by the works of the law, but our faith in the works of Christ, right? Do you, do you see it? Luther said in verse 15, this righteousness of ours is external. Right. So when we talk about righteousness as external, outside of ourselves, uh, here we see it through faith in the work of Christ. Um, and that work is the death and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins as he shed his blood on the cross. Um, yeah, and he again repeats himself in, in this verse, uh, not by the works of the law, because the works of the law, no one will be justified. Now, when we talk about Christianity, friends, simply, um, 
what is the difference between Christianity and world religion? What is the difference? Quickly. In terms of this verse, what, what do we glean out of that? Other religions, it's about what you do to gain your salvation through your own works. Right. Yeah. And the gospel is? We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. Through the justifying work of? Jesus. Jesus, right? Um, I guess my question is, how easy it is, how easy is it for that to be mixed up in our faith? Um, How easy is it for works to come in and... Primarily, we know that we ought to love God and love neighbor, and that's what we're called to do. But how easy does that start to mix into the faith in Christ Jesus? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Uh, like, Sheldon, like, you, you are a mechanic and talented in so many different ways. God has given you a calling to do these very things. Now, why are you doing that? Why am I doing them? Um, I'm sorry, that's such a general... That's the vocation the Lord gave me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. That's the vocation that the Lord has given you. Like, Ryan's a student. What's his job? It's to study hard and be the best uh, PT there is, right? So everyone has a vocation that uh, God has called them to do. But are they doing the vocation to somehow solidify their rank in God's in God's, uh, in their citizenship in heaven? Is that why they're doing things? I mean, is that why we love and serve neighbor? Is it to somehow subtly uh, give ourselves comfort of who we are as children of God? Or are we just doing our vocations because we know who we are? We're doing them because we know who we are. We're We're not coming to church to earn points. We're not being kind to each other and loving to each other to earn points. We're not going and reading scripture to earn anything. We're doing it because we are Christians and because we want to grow. We're doing it because of who we are. And and I think that's, I think that's very important in a sense where once we start uh mixing up the law and gospel that's where we find our faith also being confused in where our faith is because at the end of the day i think everyone has faith um everyone has a certain faith and that faith clings is that my feedback do you hear that is that me i'm having trouble with my internet connection as well it says low bandwidth all right. Uh, sorry. Uh, but when we talk about the works of the law, uh, no one will be justified. I think it's very easy that we do not fall into the Judaizer role in that the law saves us. Now, again, as I said earlier in, in the morning class, it's easy to talk about the love of Christ. But it's another thing to say that this love of Christ is for you. A lot of times the love of Christ is used as a pivot point to show you mainly how to love and serve. And yes, we ought to love and serve, but the end point is, is the justifying work of Christ. Why don't we read Romans 3 real quick, 21 to 24. If you could turn to that, Romans 3, uh, 21 to 24. Someone could read that for me. Uh, I can, sure. Um, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right, so there's no works of the law that even connects to the righteousness of God, right? Uh, It is only by the righteousness of God as a gift, grace. That righteousness is the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So again, uh, as as we go over verse 16, um, 
Can I can I say something real quick? Yes. Uh, I I get the whole thing, but I just want the law is still important. Okay. I, we all know we're saved by grace through through God alone, through Christ alone. But I have a footnote that says the law still is an important role to play in the life of a Christian. The law guards us from sin by giving us standards uh, for our behavior. So in other words, right? Am I wrong? That's what it says. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, but in the context of Galatians, I think he is more addressing those who are thinking that they have to be saved by the law. Okay. Now, the law isn't, I love the law in a sense where it shows me how to love God and love neighbor. Like we, we need the law in so many different ways, but at the end of the day, it crushes us and calls us to Christ, right? It shows us our sin and our brokenness and it, it, it calls us to repentance and, and, and leads us to Christ and, and his work. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, Sheldon, the law we need. Uh, as we see the world today, we need the law for what it is. But yeah. in this context, he is fighting for the faith. He is fighting for the faith in Christ Jesus alone, right? Not the works of the law in a sense where the law saves. Because I guarantee you this, if you talk to someone um, on the, even Christians, and you ask them, uh, what makes you Christian? I guarantee you'll receive a lot of different answers to that very question. Some people will use the works of the law to prove that they are Christian, right? And you, will, you shouldn't be surprised to hear that because I think that's a prevalent idea that we need to somehow do something or be good enough or justify ourselves by these works of the law or to even calm our consciences from our sin by doing these works to kind of level out the playing field in our sinful nature and our holy nature, right? And, and this is the constant battle that we have. Now, we very well know that to be Christian is a free gift from God, right? Our faith in Christ Jesus. And I think that's very important. Um, you know, again, another, another Luther quote right here. I want you to hear it. It says, uh, therefore, if your conscience troubles you and you are a sinner, and are seeking to become righteous, what will you do? Will you look around to see what works you may do or where you may go? No. On the contrary, see to it that you hear or recall the name of the Lord. That is that God is righteous, good, and holy. And then cling to this, firmly believing that he is such a one for you. So when your conscience is troubling you, the works of the law will not comfort you, right? Does that make sense? Like, I think, uh, you know, people are always, you know, in this world are always trying, if there is a God out there, I've been a good person and I've done all these things, but they very well know that their conscience is still battling them. And where can they receive that peace? Um, where does that peace come from? And um, this is where the gospel really takes, really takes the foundation of what we believe. Uh, Romans five nineteen. Quickly, if someone could read that, Romans five nineteen. I wish we had outlines. Sure. For just as though. For just as through the disobedience of one man, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. All right. All right. So, so clearly through the disobedience of one man, uh, yes, sin and death came into the world, but through one man, uh, Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. And again, righteousness due to the fall, we cannot earn or merit, but through the grace of God, uh, we have received this righteousness. Righteousness is your status in front of God right now. Right now. We've heard in the sermon this evening about our identity. Our identity is no longer slaves to sin and death, but we are slaves to the righteousness of God, all by the body and blood of Jesus. How do we know this? By the works of the law? No. By the works of Christ alone. Right, So important when we talk about our faith, justified by faith, what is the object of our faith? A lot of people have different faiths in life, right? They all have different faiths. We all, we're always clinging to something. We are. Uh, it could be um, 
It could be money. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be status. It could be your career. It could be your works righteousness in front of God, right? It could be so many different things. But when we talk about justify, justification, what, where does that lie in terms of our status in front of God? And in front of God, it only could be Jesus, right? So um, I, I think this is very important when it comes to the works of the law, because the works of the law will never justify us. But pastor, uh, don't I need to be doing good things and, and doing all the, I mean, can I just go on sinning and saying it's no big deal and rob a bank? Um, well, of course not. That's not what we're called to do, right? I think, I think it's simpler than that. Some, some, I work with a lot of people that add works to their faith in Jesus because they're, they're looking to get their prayers answered faster or they're looking to uh, uh, get blessings faster by doing works. Um, I, I talk to these people and, and, you know, doing works is something that comes – by being a Christian, because you know what pleases God, but you know we know it's not justification, but we do it because we know it makes God have, love thy neighbor, help thy neighbor. You know we do it because it pleases God, but we're not doing it for because we have to because well, all Christians want to please God, right? You don't want to fall on not under His His graces, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're no, doing I, it because I, we can, because because we are Christians. These are the things that come through us that that we reflect that we do. We don't do it to please God to earn points with God, and that's where right. I'm getting a little uncomfortable with the phrasing. But I know what you're trying to say. Right. You know, same thing with the Dave Bovie in the in the food pantry. We know that people in Moorpark need our help yeah and we do it because we know the people need our help we don't do it because it pleases god even though we know it does <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, it's it's it does i mean it does it does please god when we are doing these things right uh but it doesn't and as carrie said it doesn't earn us brownie points for salvation it's not like uh, carrie's on the upper tier and sheldon's on the lower tier or vice versa right of salvation but rather, we do these things because we are already justified in the faith, right? Like, you know, when we talk about vocation, you wake up in the morning and what do you pray? You, you pray, uh, you start with the Apostles' Creed, pray the Lord's Prayer, and then, and then you continue on, let's say, with your personal prayers, if you like, or the Luther's Morning Prayer, if you like, as well. But uh, as I go to work in the morning, you know, I simply pray, Lord, uh, you know, uh, guide me to serve and love my neighbor. And... Uh, you know, that's the thing about Lutheranism, guys. I love it. You know why? Because we love doing good works. But we're never going to... I don't think we're going to ever legalistically harp on it like we have to do it. Does that make sense? It's, it's never going to be a burden to us. I think that's the beauty of it. We're never going to be bound. And I know Marjorie said in the morning, like it's not an albatross to us that we have these works of the law around our neck and we just have to kind of continue and do, ooh, loose hair, but um, continue to do these things, you know? Uh, but rather, this is just what we do out of the joy of the gospel. It's hard to explain that to someone who is still burdened by the law. Does that make sense? When we, when we have the gospel and we know who we are as we're covered already in, in the word and sacrament and forgiven all our sins, I mean, Yes, of course, we love. What's the big deal? We continue to love and serve our neighbor as God has called us in our particular vocations that he has given. Ryan's a student, Don's an engineer. Also, first and foremost, a husband and a dad. Um, and, and, you know, um, and Jeff, he just does a lot of different things in life. <laughs> as he has so many arms. Um, and Sheldon and Carrie and even a little Elliot, uh, though he's probably not there near the table. He's a student and he's a son. A very um, uh, heartwarming son that I love dearly. Um, he makes me laugh all the time. He always puts everything into perspective when I get home. He just 
no matter what happens, he just always is there to smile. But anyways, uh, but the point is, is that we all have vocation and we just there and say, you know, they might tell Ryan, like, Ryan, you're such a good guy. You know, why, why are you being so loving? What, what's the, what's, what's your deal? You know, and, and Ryan would say, no deal. Just who we are. We're, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not doing something extraordinary we're just doing what god has called us to do he's placed a neighbor in our life and we help them right simple as that um and i I think this is where the works of the law come into play what a joy it is to do the works of the law not to save but to know how to love my neighbor because i out of the joy of the gospel through the love of christ of course this is just what we ought to do daily and it's nothing crazy you guys it could be jeff's daughter you know, daughters, sorry, uh, that he can love and serve every day. That's his neighbor, his wife, Jeff's wife. He loves and serves her, right? I mean, all the people that he does in his technology uh, profession, I mean, he's doing all these things. That is how God is uh, preparing him to love and serve. He's not doing it because he's not going to go to God and say, I'm a good father. Does that help (laughs) in my salvation? Right? No, this is just what he does as a Christian, as God has called him to do. So third use of the law, very important. Third use of the law, very important. We talked about that on Theological Thursday a couple weeks ago. If you want to check that out on Facebook Live, uh, just a little uh, little uh, pump up there for our devotions, which are continuing to go. They're just continuing to go. <laughs> so this whole conversation makes me think of the song that they'll, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Do we ever sing that? that? I love that. We are Christians. We should do that every year. Yeah. Um, No, I don't think we have that one. But uh, yeah, we used to do that all the time. Maybe. Well, not all Um, the time. Once a year. (laughs) As I told the 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 group this morning, my memory is bad because every morning I ask myself in the shower, "Did I shampoo?" So that's where I'm at. (laughs) So my memory is. uh, No, no, no. This is prior to you, Pastor. I know. We used to, we used to, yeah. I learned that as a little boy at a Presbyterian church in Newbury Park. And it, and it just became my favorite childhood Christian song. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. Why don't we turn to uh, Psalm 143, verse 11, if someone could read that. Psalm 143, verse 11. Um, Jeff, I think it's you and me. I think we're too close. Because I hear echo. I, uh, muted, I muted you. Or you muted you? Did you mute you? Or did I mute you? I don't hear anything. Uh, I was muted. I was muted all this time. All right. Well, the, the static went away somehow. I don't know how. but I, I think it's Jeff, too. It went away when Jeff muted himself. Oh. It stopped. So somehow okay. it is the two of you, I think. All right. Uh, verse 11. Verse 11. So can read that. <laughs> All right. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. All right. The psalmist, Dave, David, for your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble. When we speak of righteousness, again, uh, this reiterates the importance of whose righteousness and who is bringing us out of trouble. And that ultimately is uh, uh, Christ Jesus, right? Uh, that he is the one who preserves us by his work. I I cannot emphasize that enough because what will the devil do with the work of the law? What will he try to do, you guys? What will the devil try to do with the work of the law? What will he try to do? How does he use that against you? Even when you are faithfully loving and serving neighbor, what will the devil try to do? Tell you it's not good enough. He'll, he'll emphasize your works as a way of salvation. And he does this in a sense where to the point where he knows your conscience and he knows that it'll terrify you. And all the meanwhile, you're turning away from Christ, the work of Christ, right? That is what the Judaizers were doing. That is what St. Paul was very concerned with is that they were turning away from the true gospel. You know, as I said earlier, you know, what's the difference? We all believe in God, right? What's the difference? Because at the end of the day, It's all about our assurance and certainty that is given only through the true gospel. When that is mixed up or diluted, then what happens? Our 
our faith, our peaceable conscience, that justification may change to half works, half Christ. If it's half works and half Christ that makes us justified in front of God, is that, is that correct? No, right? Not at all, right? Uh, and this is what St. Paul is trying to combat against. Verse 17, and so can read that quickly. Galatians 2. Right, I got it. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we are ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Question mark. All right. Absolutely, absolutely not. Yes, yes. But if in our endeavor, I know in the morning it's it's seeking from Zeteo, right? From the Greek. So seeking or searching or endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. What does that mean? Does anyone um, understand what that means? Simply put, if we seek the justification of Christ, I'm reading my notes here, we very well know that the justification by works is dead that the the law shows us at the end of the day what the law shows us our sin i just graded all these confirmation kids final tests today and grading is fun no i don't like grading <laughs> it's very stressful for me um because i don't like writing minus points i feel so bad anyways uh but uh i'm such the easiest grader anyways but the point, the point is is that uh, when we go down that search, what well, we find ourselves in great despair of the law. Now, Ryan could say, you know, I'm a good person. Um, but by the works of the law, he knows that in his heart, uh, he will find himself in sin. That is the inevitable discourse for all those who are fallen short ever since original sin, right? This is, this is the inevitable downfall for all of us, right? And um, for us, I think, when we are uh, in that justifying search, uh, there we find ourselves truly in our sin. Um, there's no way around it in terms of the works of the law. Um, and that's why the pure gospel is so important. Why? Because I was there. And there was a point in life where I said, I'm quitting Christianity because I can't. I can't do it. I'm trying to be good. Everyone else looks so good. Like so polished and happy and perfect and holy. What about me? I'm struggling nobody, in my sin. Nobody's that. It's all facade. But, but my point is, is that when we think that the works of the law will justify us, soon we will find ourselves in great despair, and soon we will find ourselves so troubled. And there, again, when we're justified in Christ, uh, there we will, well, first find ourselves knowing that we have fallen short in sin. Remember, the law crushes. Not only does it crush, but it shows us that we are nothing, Come to me, all who are broken and heavy laden, right? Broken and heavy laden, Matthew 11. And there, uh, in that brokenness, there we see Christ, the gospel. If, we're, if, we, if Ryan is striving, sorry, I'm using Ryan a lot. But if Ryan is striving for the law on that autobahn of piety, like he's so perfect and he's like, boom, 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 boom. He's driving like Jeff, but spiritually on the highway. <laughs> um, my new, I was joking with Jeff. If we were on the line, me and his car, he would probably beat me by like 20 seconds because my Honda Fit is just, it's more of a, it's more of a joyride, slow joyride compared to his fast car. But anyways, the point is, is that if Ryan uh, was on this highway autobahn of, of piety, of works of the law, uh, we very well know that he will inevitably, metaphorically or symbolically crash and burn because it, it'll only take him so far and that is nowhere. Right. Um, and um, though he might think he is something, he is actually nothing if it comes to the law and, and, and salvation by the law. It just doesn't work. Uh, so so again, is Christ in a servant of sin? Um, certainly not. Meganoito. Right. We saw that um, uh, earlier today in our readings uh, from Romans. Meganoito uh, from the Greek. And that that certainly not is absolutely emphatically no way, Jose. Right. No way. Um, and I think this is uh, very important. Important when it comes to um, uh, that Jesus is not a servant of sin, but rather he is the sin bearer. 
right? That's why that Meganoito is there, because he's actually the opposite, right? He is the sin bearer. He actually takes upon the sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he uh, came to us who knew no sin, but became sin for us. Actually, he does, he does the opposite, right? So uh, I think, again, this is very important uh, to understand. Uh, okay, verse 18. Verse 18. I love this one. So can we read that? Sure, yes. Um, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. All right, so St. Paul, what was he formerly? He was devout to the law, right? Now, just imagine that, you guys, Sheldon. Yeah. You know, if you were so devout to the law and you found the true gospel, could you ever go back to law-saving could you ever go back to the law to save yourself? Could you ever do that if you knew the true gospel? I mean, you know no, the true if, gospel. If God appeared to me like he did to Paul, of course not. True. I mean, God, yeah, God, God put his hands on Paul and physically changed him. So, you know, he blinded him, you know, and then, you know, you know, seeing is believing, so to speak, you know. Well, well, no, no, I know. But Sheldon, I mean, when we talk about our faith, right? Uh, faith oh, yeah. is always in the unseen, that God has given us faith. So when, oh, we, sure. when we speak of, oh, what was the question? I forgot. Um, when we, Could you ever go back to the law? Oh, oh, yes. I mean, when you have this true gospel, is there any way to ever dilute this gospel with the works of the no. law? Could, could you not. ever go there to that place where it's like 50-50, Jesus did this, now I run with it. And now I have to be good and finish the race. Is that? Of course not. As, is a, matter that how fact, as a matter of fact, you know what I feel? If you try to add works to Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross, you're telling God face to face that your son wasn't sufficient for the salvation of my sins. It's exactly what you're telling God. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not a good thing. Yes, it's not a good thing, right? We, we can't rebuild. Uh, only Jesus can do that the temple, three days he rose, right? And, uh, you know, again, we, we cannot rebuild what, uh, what he already tore down because uh, St. Paul knows very well that what he tore down was, was a false way to salvation. Pastor, I have a question. Is it possible, I hate doing this to God, but does, do you think God does things and learns from them? Like he tried to, he tried to put the law he gave the law to Moses in, in the Ten Commandments, okay? And he found that that was good, just like his creation. He found everything he did on those seven, six days that he created, everything was good. Uh, he found that the people couldn't abide by those Ten Commandments. That's why he had to bring his only begotten son for the salvation of us. But at first, he brought the law in just to see if it would work. If we could comply, but we are so sinful by creation after Adam that we can't. That's he, why he brought Christ. He in. knew. He knew in the garden that that. Oh, he, he already was knew in the Christ. garden that his Ten Commandments wouldn't work. Well, he knew in the garden that he was sending Christ. Well, that we would need of, Christ. Well, I just I just find it interesting that that he he gave Moses ten rules for people to try to abide by. Um, did he feel that it could possibly work or did he already know it would fail and he had to bring his son? Well, I think what Kerry said is true is that God already knew what was to happen. And there in the garden in the fall, though they had carrying us with the law, he sends Christ or the promise of Christ. Now in Exodus 20, when we talk about the commandments, uh, he gives them these commandments, the law to which they were to live as they were going on the Exodus, right? They, they needed these laws uh, of God uh, as they continue to love and serve in his name, right? As the redeemed one. So you see the preface of Exodus 20 and you see, I, the Lord, your God, who has redeemed you. He is prefacing this to saying, look, I'm giving you this word so that it may go well with you and that you follow this word for the good of, of your neighbor um, and, and also uh, for the love of God right? Uh, is sinful nature real? Yes, right? Uh, is the law broken? Yes. Uh, do we have contrition for that? Yes. Are we sorrowful for that? Yes. 
Uh, is there repentance and forgiveness? Of course. Is there Christ for you? Yes. So, you know, I think when we speak of the works of the law, uh, we do fall short. And I think that proves it right there, even with that generation of Israelites who never made it to the promised land because of their rebellion against Moses and God. It was the next generation that made it uh, to the promised land, um, as God had told them due to their sin. And, um, you know, again, you know, I think it's very important when we talk about sin for what it really is, because um, once we fail to see what sin really is, then I think we fail to see the law, the law in a sense of uh, how we, how it ultimately shows us our sin, right? It, it does. It accuses right. and crushes and, and brings us to nothing. Uh, and there Christ is the one who mends our wounds and gives us his blood on the cross, shed it for us. So it, it's, uh, this is what he, St. Paul is talking about here in verse 18 about rebuilding, you know, and again, I can never go back to that life of legalism. Right, it just—I uh, just couldn't. It, it, it would take away from the true gospel that God has given by His Word. Uh, verse nineteen. Verse nineteen. So, can read that. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. Period. I'm going to go on. Yes, go for it. I have been crucified with Christ, and I am no longer. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, period. 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. All right, period. so... So for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Right? The law does not save us. Uh, you know, and I, I love Luther's picture right here. Uh, he says, I am a sinner. If you can do anything against me, law, go ahead and do it. This is how far the law now is from frightening the believer. Right? Uh, again, uh, we are not bound by the law. And Luther's saying, go do it. Try to test me because um, I very well know that I cannot be saved from the law, but by Christ. Uh, he continues on here, Luther. He says, inwardly, the man of the law sins. Outwardly, he pretends righteousness. Inwardly, the name of faith does what is good. Outwardly, he bears his sin and persecutes them. So clearly, when we talk about the workers of the law, on the outside, it looks all good, right? Because they're you know, like Judaizers. They're, they're, they're polished. They look like they're holy, set apart. They do all these good things. But inside, they're, they're grueling in their consciences. They're terrified, wondering if they've done enough. Right? This is not us. We are the ones, in verse 20, who have died to the law, that we may, zoe, live to, the God, live to God. Zoe, not bios, but zoe. Again, verse 20, we see live, live, live. This is all living in Christ. Zoe. I have been crucified with Christ. What is, what is that about? We are connected to Christ in our baptism. Romans 6. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So, you know, when we talk about being crucified with Christ, um, what a great picture that is um, that, that the curse of the law, that is sin and death, has been overcome. The devil crushed by Christ. Um, and there even in our baptism, we are connected to his death. Not only are we buried with him, but we are raised to the newness of life. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, right? As it says in scripture. And right here, uh, when we talk about the faith in the Son of God, what is that faith? As we talked about earlier in verse 16, through faith in Jesus Christ, right here, we see that faith is what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. This is our faith. I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith in what he has done, basically. How has he loved me? shedding his blood on the cross. How has he gave himself for me? Sacrificing his whole life for me, his whole life, so that by that work of the cross, well, we might be saved from sin and death and the power of the devil, right? This is what it means to live to God. It is Jesus, not the works of the law, but the works of Christ alone. 
I can't tell you how important that is. Because when we tell that gospel, I think a lot of people say what? That's it? It's free? What do we have to do? And the answer is nothing. You are forgiven of your sins. You are paid for. You are a child of God. When it comes to salvation, the works of the law, you can do nothing to save yourself. Right? It's only by the gospel. Now, as Sheldon said earlier, isn't the law good? Yes, of course. I want to love and serve my neighbor, not to save myself, but to simply love in the name of Christ. Because I no longer live, but Christ lives through me, as Carrie said earlier, that God works through us because we live in the new life. Does that mean we still face sin? Yes. But it doesn't negate the fact that we are victorious through the redemption and the resurrection of Christ. We are new. Do we still face that old Adam in us? Yes. Sin raging in us? Yes. But at the same time, we are, as we heard this evening, we are uh, slaves to his righteousness. We are rooted in his righteousness. We are of Christ's righteousness. That is where our faith resides. Again, Sheldon, earlier you said in verse 21, I do not nullify the grace of God. When do we nullify the grace of God? When we think that the law saves us. You said earlier, Sheldon, if I believe that my law, that the works of the law will save me, what am I saying about Christ and the cross? We're saying that it means nothing, right? And, and that you're is the great God that, Yeah, you're telling God that his son's work on the cross is not sufficient for my salvation. And then Christ died for no purpose. That's right. right? So the true gospel is very important, friends. Because, and, and I say that, and I know you know, I know you know it. But it's very important that you, you stay on this faith, this particular faith. Because again, as I said earlier, there are many faiths that people have. Many people trust so many different things. And they're in this faith. And that's why the beauty of Lutheranism is this, and I finally found it in life. It, that's, that's all you'll hear the external righteousness that he has given to you by his work. Not internal righteousness, right? Right? But his righteousness, right? I mean, it's so important uh, when we speak of, uh, of this life of a Christian, is that what a joyous gift we have, right? What a joyous gift we have in Christ Jesus. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's better than this. But what I do know is that we all here are paid for and, and bought with the price and that we have the newness of life already. And what a great joy that is. We're not bound by the law. We're set free. And we love and serve neighbor according to his word, right? Um, not bound, but free to love and serve in his name. So justified by faith in terms of all that the Judaizers were teaching, St. Paul is trying to bring them back to what is true and ultimately what sets them free. Again, we saw last week with slavery, right? Uh, if we believe, what does it say right there? I think it was verse, um, oh darn. It was, uh, um, oh, uh, last week's study about uh, uh, being bound in slavery. Yes, verse, uh, verse four. Yet because a false brother secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom, that we have Christ Je that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. This is what Paul is trying to rid them from, because the righteousness of Christ has set them free, no longer bound and enslaved, but forgiven and redeemed. Christ alone, right? Only. So as you sleep this night, may you sleep in God's peace, knowing who you are. All the answers have been, all the questions have been answered. And all the uncertainties are certain, and all the doubts are assured by the works of Christ alone. Right? And, and this is our faith. So when someone asks you, friends, how's your faith? What is your answer? What is your answer when someone asks, how's your faith life? What is your answer going to be? My faith is secured through Christ. <laughs> well, wow, that's so... Um, 
That's so theologically textbook, Sheldon. I'm very um, impressed. <laughs> but I, I would say it's great. Covered by the blood. It's perfect. My faith life is perfect. Why? And people will look at you in self-righteousness and you'll be, no. Because my faith is in the perfect work of Christ and his sacrifice for me. My faith is perfect. Because it's not about me. But it's the external righteousness that God gives me by his work. That's perfect. That is how I'm justified in the faith. Through the grace of God. Anyways, um, and that's where the purpose of Christ. He died for a purpose, right? Not, he didn't die for no purpose, but he died for a purpose, and that is for you. Whoever's listening to this right here, right now, or those on the internet later who are watching on YouTube, he died for you, and he forgives you of all your sins, and he has saved and rescued you from sin, death, and the power of the devil because, well, he loves you. And that's where you rest, right? In the love of Christ. Victorious. It is done. All right. Why don't we stop there? Continue on uh, in two weeks with Galatians 3 uh, with, again, faith or the works of the law. Again, this is what he is battling. And I think it's relevant in, the, in our day and age, too, as Christianity has gone in so many different ways. And so confusing it has become. So uh, very good to go through this. Remember, next week, week off. All right. And we'll convene in July. Yeah. Wow, July. Safe travels, Pastor. Oh, it's going down to good, the good old 92804, you know? Yeah, but you're going down the five, so we'll say a prayer for you. Oh, I cruise at a modest 65. No worries, Sheldon. No worries. And if I get rebellious, maybe 70, maybe 70 if I'm if I'm risking things, you know? So, um, yeah. anyways, uh, all right. <laughs> Love you guys. Why don't we pray? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, always comfort us through the joy of the gospel. And Lord, we know that your work has set us free. Bless us in the external righteousness that you give outside of ourselves and lead each and every one of us in this gospel. Thank you, O oh Lord, for your true gift, the free gift that has set us free in Christ Jesus alone. For all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, friends. I know it's late. But, good night, uh, everybody. Good night. Good night. Have a good week, everybody. Blessings. <laughs>